Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, lather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you and your limp mic doing, sir? Uh, <clears throat> doing all right. You're not doing all right. I'm doing all right. You're I, very I, angry. I, you know what? <laughs> what did I just say? What did I just say outside? Well, hold on. What did you say I, I didn't want to make this a bit. Oh. Now you want to make this a bit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no. You want to go there? We're, we're, oh, we're, are we going? No. Is that where we're going? No, we're not. Okay. Hang on, I got to turn this down. You got to turn it down. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I had to pot down the pot intro it, music. Pot you know what? I, look, dude, I got a lot going on here. Okay, I don't need you in my shit. All right. I'm not in your shit. I love. I got you. buttons to push, and buttons you know, and levers and switches and buttons and levers and switches. <sighs> so so. Uh, dude, hey, is it wrong that that's my favorite uh, William Shatner role? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. The the fact that. Out of all the amazing things that William Shatner has done, you're going to go with his uh, airplane two, his airplane two role. Yeah, you know, that's just not right, man. It's not right. I, I love him. I love him in that one. Though. That wasn't even that great a bit. It just you know, it just kind of you know falls into place there. Yeah, I, got I mean, you. you're talking about T.J. Hooker, dude. I, I, I mean, the, the the greatest role of all time, T.J. Hooker. Really, you, know? you think that's better than his Star Trek stuff, huh? He was in Star Trek. Come on, come on, come on. What, what are we talking about? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, speaking what? of that, I actually, you know what, what show I want to watch now? What show do you want to watch now? Picard. Yeah, you know, I've been kind of thinking about it, uh, maybe doing that. I just actually, I did sign up for uh, Paramount um, Plus, so they got me. They sucked me into another hold streaming on, service. Hold on, what? Sucked me what into. What show? Hold on, can I guess? Yeah, you're going to know. Go yeah, ahead. Yellowstone. Yeah, 1883 got me. Hold on. So not Yellowstone got you. Well, no. 1883 got you. Yeah, because I watch Yellowstone on regular television. Yeah. You know, because we have, you know, we still have cable because I have two old ladies in my house. That, what button turns the TV on? I, I can't get the, why is it, I, where is it no sound? Adrian. Yeah, that's my life. That's my fucking life. <laughs> So we still have cable. T- <laughs> we still have cable television. Um, so we watched, uh, you know, Yellowstone, which great show, by the way. I'll watch anything with Kevin Costner. He's you know? he is a good actor, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, I do like Kevin Costner in that role. You know, he, look, he's got one role. Just you know, it's, he's a one trick pony. It's just a good trick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So the the character of Kevin Costner, which is pretty much always the same character. Yeah. You know, Except in Young Guns, he was a little, uh, you know, a little bit uh, more in that. But was it Young Guns? What was what was the Western movie? Tombstone. Tombstone. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to say, Young Guns. I'm like trying to. Th- I'm trying yeah. To think, they all kind of Kevin Costner play. They all kind of blend together for me. I got you. All those westerns, you know. But, um, but uh, yeah. So uh, Yellowstone or 1883 got me. Which, by the way, great first season of that show. Oh, was it good? Yeah, it was really good. Really well, it's good. got that's got Sam Elliott in it, right? <clears throat> yes. Yes. He's also really good. Yes, and he's a great cowboy. Like I don't care. Oh yeah. Like any 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 cowboy show that has Sam Elliott in it automatically has a little bit more credence with me. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like I feel like he really was back there, and he's a time traveler. <laughs> it kind of feels that way. Yeah. He's got that going for him, and he's looked pretty much identical for the last fifty years. Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I mean that that dude's had not changed much. That handlebar mustache is still as glorious as it was, you know, forty years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah. It is. The dude abides, man. The dude abides. Yeah. The dude yeah. abides. That so. was a good role for him, too. Oh, of course. Yeah, it was classic. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, so uh, that's, uh, that's uh, what the hell are we talking about? 1883 Paramount. <laughs> oh, that's right, right, right. New, right. new yeah, streaming yeah, yeah, service. Yeah, so anyway, I'm just pissed off. But Picard on. is in Paramount, too, right? Right, right. So, I, of course, I'm getting, you know, got all the trailers for that because they pre-roll it every Every time you watch an episode, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of kind of thinking about. I'm that. thinking that, I'm gonna have to get Paramount <sighs> for the Picard though. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've got I've got kind of a uh, 
a weird thing with the whole Star Trek universe. You know, it's like it, it's really hard for me to pull the trigger on any new Star Trek. Sometimes I feel like you just stop going back. You gone, you've gone to the well too many times. Yeah, but if you know, the, here's the thing, though. In the entire universe, there's good stories to tell. There's another there's another Star Trek that's out there. I forget the name of it right now, but it's one of the newer ones. Oh, I think it's on Paramount too. But I think it's on Paramount as well. Yeah. So, so I think I, wanna, I think they own the rights to all that. So. I think I want to. I think I want to watch that one too. There's a couple of the like I want to watch some seasons of some of those things just to like I think I want to binge it. Right. Yeah. So, at any rate, well, we'll do that before the power goes out all all completely though. Yeah. Now, I, wait, wait. Why is the power going out? Not because of the storm. Well, or the EMP blast, or you know, you pick it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. well, thermonuclear I, I, war. Yeah, unfortunately, we're still holding it about twelve percent chance of, uh, of you know. You don't think nuclear. it increased this week? No. Nah. Oh, I think we're at a solid fifteen right now. No, it didn't. It actually didn't increase this week. It actually, uh, you know, might have. Uh, I, I kept it steady. Uh, you know, the doomsday clock, uh, pretty much. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not looking as good as I hoped for the uh, the nah, I move, probability I move, I, of. Uh, I put mine Armageddon. up to fifteen, so I'm, that's where I'm at. Really? What do you base that on? Uh, chemical plants. Oh yeah. It's just stupid. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I, I, since we're going into that. Um, yeah, so so what is this about chemical plants? All right, so we'll go into the Ukraine thing first. And so this is an article um, from defense.org, or defense.gov. I figured I'd give it this one. Okay. Russia and China um, are accusing the United States of having chemical weapons uh, labs in Ukraine. Now... I guess they have been claiming this for a while, not just it wasn't like a recent claim. However, during this week, there was a, uh, a a hearing that out of all people that asked this question, which actually lends me to like there's so many different angles here to take. But Rubio, of all fucking people, asked a question to one of the um, like the undersecretary of something. I don't remember the woman's name. But, right. And he asked if there's any biological weapons facilities inside of Ukraine. Biological or chemical? Or chemical. Okay. Chemical or biological, right. whatever. But she, her response was, not no, but the response was, well, we have research, we have chemical, biological research facilities in Ukraine. Right. So the Now, here's the thing. What's the difference between a research facility and a weapons facility in all reality? Uh, big difference, really. Well, especially when you're talking about you know, uh, bi well, even chemical and biological. I mean, uh, look, <laughs> Dow Corning has chemical research facilities. Are yeah. you concerned that they're chemical weapons plants? Um, you know, if, if and for example, like, you know, there's there's uh, all kinds of biological laboratories that aren't biological weapons. You know, like uh, think of the Wuhan lab. You know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and that, what got out of that? Here's that, the thing. that was just a biological that, research facility. Yeah. And what got out of that killed millions of people. Oh, now see, now you're being crazy. Now you're being crazy. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. It's like I've said a thousand times: half of all conspiracy theories are half true. Now, what I believe the situation is is there are. I would say there is a very, very small possibility that the United States, in any way, shape, or form, is developing chemical weapons in Ukraine because the U.S. will never use chemical weapons. Uh, because it's they just won't it's you know they're, they're never going to be the bad guy in that in that scope they're never going to be the, the pariah on the world stage so the u.s i don't believe would use chemical weapons because in all honesty there's no need to <clears throat> chemical weapons are you know that's that's so you know mustard gas in world war one you don't need those anymore um biological weapons we've seen that eh, yeah, the odds of that may be a little higher after what we just went through for the past couple of years that uh, we know that uh, pretty much the entire world was infected by a disease that did leak from a biological research facility in wuhan china so mm, there's a little more plausibility to that but the bottom line is is Russia is just now grabbing at absolute any straw that they can to justify their invasion of Ukraine. And and all that was was an attempt to, you know, grab territory, rebuild the Soviet Union, reestablish the Soviet bloc and the Warsaw Pact and all that. So the fact that the Russians are saying that we you know, we invaded Ukraine to get those chemical weapons, that's just bullshit. Pure and utter bullshit. However, there may be a kernel of truth in there somewhere. But that was never the reason until it needed to be the reason. Now, now hold on. Let me let me say a couple things here real quick. So, okay. 
what they said, and this is from DOD or defense.gov. There are five biological research laboratories in Kiev. Their work focuses on diagnostic, therapeutic treatment, prevention, on, and vaccines, not the military use as the Russians and Chinese accused, the official said. Right. There are no DOD bioweapons labs in Ukraine or anywhere else in the world, the official said. Right. The Bi- Biological Weapons Convention effectively prohibits the development, production, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was the first multilateral disarmament treaty banning an entire category of weapons of mass destruction. And so basically, they're, you know, they're saying, like, these are research facilities, but these weren't actually... Right, right. <clears throat> these are research facilities uh, designed to, um, you know, uh, and not to create biological weapons, but to create diseases that everybody on the planet has to be vaccinated for and the pharmaceuticals make billions and trillions of dollars on. So, you know, they're not technically uh, biological weapons. But... Are they? But the thing about it is this. Right. And here's the. I guess the first thing comes in. I realize. And again, I'm I'm being, I'm being like eighty percent facetious. But there's like twenty percent in there that is plausible. Here's my problem at this point. By the way, I have zero trust, and I mean zero trust, in our government and their motives. Yes, that is true. I also uh, but I have believe zero that, trust in the Russian government and their motives. Yes, as well. true, true. No, no, no. Again, I, in fact, if anything, they're a lot more obvious about theirs. Yeah, <laughs> at now, least the, you know where they're coming the from. The other <laughs> thing is, at this point, I'm of the opinion that those that are leading the NIH and the CDC and things like that are just mad fucking scientists. Like mm. they are, they are, they are pushing the envelope in ways that that will that that endanger humanity. Obviously, from what happened with the coronavirus, there are things that they're doing that they think is the best way yeah. to go about it yeah. that are endangering humanity. Yeah, there, yeah, they, there's absolutely truth to that, uh, and it's I don't know that. <clears throat> well, maybe it is my mad scientist, but it's definitely hubris. You know, it's definitely uh, the, if you the the best benefit of the doubt that you can give them is unbridled arrogance. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's probably a lot of it. But I think also a lot of it is profit and power motive too. You know, I think there's profit and power motive in with it as well. I'm not going to say and I, there I, isn't. I think well, I think the primary is, is profit motive. But, I think almost always, and and the the uh, close to that is power motive. But here's the thing, though. So the U.S. funded these, and there's no getting around this. This is a fact now. There's no getting around it. They funded these bio labs in Ukraine. Our administration was also saying like and again they ended up being right about this but now i'm going to use this against them they said that it's imminent attack that russia's going to invade ukraine right if given those two things that are obviously true how in the fuck did you not get rid of all that shit before they got there what are you talking about how did you not close those down and remove all that biological stuff before the Russians invaded. Well, you're making the assumption that there's anything that was weaponizable in there. They Now, hold on. In the same hearing, right. the woman that was giving the, you know, talking to the rube said that they're very concerned that the Russians are going to take them over. Those right. bioweapons labs. Right. They're very concerned that they're going to take them over. Okay. If you have that concern. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Did you just say bioweapons labs? Or uh, the, 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 the bioresearch labs. Okay. I, I'll make it the bioresearch labs. Again, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let them use whatever they're classifying. Well, they, there's a huge, huge distinction there. The, no, no, there's not. Yes, there is. Okay. I'd, at the end of the day, both of the labs, whether it's a bioresearch lab or a bioweapons lab, right. is looking and dealing with things that could be very dangerous to the world so is you know a moffitt cancer center no there's nothing in moffitt cancer how center do you that know can leak Wait, out. how do you know what they're doing in these labs how do you know I, no i don't know well then you're speculating then you're no better than alex jones in this case you know and god i can't believe i'm sitting here and defending the integrity of <laughs> the, United the States u.s government government but yeah you have to understand that uh well look Here's what the the U.S. government may actually do as far as biological weapons research, um, and, and as far as specifically weaponizing things, is to try to figure out you know countermeasures to them, because there's always a fear that some rogue state or some terrorist organization is going to create um, you know a bioweapon and they need to know how to combat it. Yeah, so now, they create it, leak it first. 
I don't think they necessarily leak it. Look, I don't think. First of all, let's. We have to look at this. Like I'm not being facetious at all. By the way, I know you're glad we're having a good conversation. Yeah, I know you're not being facetious, but you you you've taken it to a a too far. You've gone too far down the rabbit hole on this one. I'm I'm freely I'm freely willing to admit that I may have at this point, but I will also say that I am not necessarily unjustified in my skepticism. Of what our government has been doing. That, you know, uh, especially given the the recent, you know, COVID situation, the fact that we now know without question that it did come from the Wuhan lab, uh, that's no longer even a point of contention with anyone anymore in in the government. Um, Well, it is, but it is. They don't fully admit it, but they don't, they no longer deny it either. Yeah, they can't just, they can't blackball you because you say it. Yeah, they don't deny it outright. Um, So, which, you know, in, in these circles is as good as admission. But, the one thing I will say is I do not believe that the United States government is actively developing biological and chemical weapons that they believe can be used in combat scenarios. So, or, you know, maybe they keep now, a little bit on the shelf in case they need to do a false flag or something. Eh, maybe. I, I, can't, I can't put it past them. Here's the thing. In order to develop countermeasures, like you said, right. to these things, right. you have to create the weapon. Okay, well, hang on a second. Let me tell you the real justification for why the Undersecretary of Defense is actually saying these sort of things about why we're worried that the Russians are going to get to them, because it's just another justification. You know, it's, it's just another way to demonize the Russians and everything like that. Here's the thing. The Russians have been very, very, very good at creating chemical and biological weapons throughout their entire history. So I doubt that there's a lot that they could get from us that they don't already know how to do. Okay. So it's not like, you know, they're they're going to go in there. And I think when they say we're very concerned that these labs are going to be overrun, you know, you're just talking about for personnel, for, you know, proprietary. No, they're worried about what's in there. Are they really? Yeah. How do you know? Because they said that. What, yeah, I, I'd need to see this. See, and I'm a little, a little bit at a disadvantage because I didn't see these hearings. But, you know. It could be that the the fact that they're working with very dangerous things just in case, but, you know, look, I think that this whole thing has become a, a red herring. It's it's it, on both both sides are potentially using it at this point uh, as a distraction I, from what I don't know. You know, obviously, Russia is using it as an excuse for war, and it seems like they just figured it out a couple of days ago. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like suddenly all of a sudden the Russians are saying, oh, well, we had to invade because they have all these, uh, you know, chemical and biological weapons plants. Yeah. You know, which I now they now here's the thing, though. They weren't hiding that the fact that they had these things there, because if you go back and you look at the congressional record, there's been talks about these labs for a long time. And the justification for it in the beginning was is that Russia left a bunch of chemical weapons there, right. and these facilities were initially used oh. in order to, right. like, uh, dis, uh, you know, kind of um, uh, disarm it or whatever the word would be for right. it, like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. fix it so it doesn't spread. Right. Right. But that was decommission a long, everything. Yeah, yeah, but that yeah. was a long time ago. Right. Like, if you didn't get it done by now, then you have shown such a lack of efficiency in your government bureaucracy here that it's not even funny which again maybe that's what it is well you know but part of me thinks it's because you you wanted to fucking you wanted to try some new shit out well you know there there's certain things that especially when it comes to chemical weapons uh you know it's it's not like it goes away you know once you manufacture these things what are you going to do bury them in a canister underground what what happens if they leach out get into the water supply no that's why you so do it in ukraine once you well no these are probably soviet facilities originally so yeah. it's the fr- friggin' soviets doing it um you know so that's probably look again i think that we're in this whole conversation is is we're this is a hey look over here look over here hey hey everybody look over here you know that's it's not the real scenario and i don't believe that any of this has any bearing on anything else other than it's a sideshow. Well, you know? I think that what this, at least for me, one of the things that this highlights is we need to close down every international facility, or we need to de- like defund every, all, all these biochemical and, and like all, doing research in other countries in order to bypass American laws needs to end and it needs to end right now. I don't know. Because that- that's the reason I think that they're doing it in other countries is because they know they can't get away with it domestically. It's the same reason no, you put. A, it's the same reason you stuck all the, um, you know, after nine eleven that you stuck all the people in Gitmo because it wasn't on American soil. 
Well, that is true, but I don't think that's necessarily why we have all these research facilities all over the world. I think it's because of, you know, a fucking common core here in the U.S. You can't get anyone smart enough to work on this shit that's been educated in America these days. Well, I mean, there might be a little <laughs> bit of truth to that, too, but you know? I think that part of it is it's the same reason you had black sites overseas and things like that. Again, why you got to bring race into it? That had nothing to do with race. Yeah. That had nothing, nothing at all to do with race. But what I am saying is, I think my overall point is, and this has been going on for a couple weeks here, I do have zero trust and zero faith in our government. None yeah. at all. I do think that some of the shit that they are be being accused of is really that they've done some of it. Well, probably. Like and, what specifically, though? Hang on. I want to hear what specifically. And again, I have zero... Zero trust, zero faith in the U.S. government. However, I, I draw a distinction as to, you know, what what is reasonable, what is realistic, and what, you know, a quo bono. You know, why would they do these things? There's no ultimate benefit for them, you know. So, so but I, I want to know what the things you think of that are, uh, you know, the, the conspiracy theories out there that are legit. I think that the United States government is researching and working on biological things that could very easily be turned into weapons. But do you think they have any intention of turning them into weapons? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Nah. I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe. Listen, I, I, mean, I could be dead look, wrong on this one. I just, that's so how much little faith I have now, though. I think that they're probably, you know, if they are researching these things, they're doing it to figure out how to... Uh, you know, develop countermeasures and, and prevent that from happening. And I, I, I believe that probably, even though, you know, it was it was arrogance and ignorance and hubris that caused the Wuhan lab leak, I think that probably those scientists working there believed that they were trying to figure out a way to prevent this virus from getting out. Okay, now, hold on, let me just say this. I think that the vast majority of the scientists are on the same page as that. That's what they believe. Right. However, but they're arrogant. And they're arrogant. However, yeah. though, the thing that they're missing is if you create the weapon just to research the weapon, right. somebody else can use the weapon. That is true. So the person that created it and is researching it may not be the person that's necessarily the their, their arrogance and hubris and being blind and naive. Right. But someone else is dealing with it at that point. And I think it's probably some kind of CIA thing. You know, here's the thing. And, and, and this is something I'll say in general, that biological weapons are far, far, far less effective than anyone would ever give them credit for. Um, you know, so. I, I don't agree. We only have what just happened with coronavirus in order to prove that to be wrong. How many no, millions that, proved, of, that, that proved it to be right. No, how many millions of people did it kill? Right. Look. It was it a weak was it weak sauce? Yeah, I'll go with that. It's yeah. definitely weak sauce, right? But even weak sauce fucking killed millions. No, no, no. I, I here's the thing. I don't think it gets much worse than that. I don't think that. I don't think that there is a, a biologically speaking any type of organism that would completely wipe out its host. You know, it makes no sense. It it, it you know. It, it it makes no sense that that would happen. Uh, from and. It, from a historical and an evolutionary perspective, I don't think that a a viral or bacterial or parasitic organism could be created that would be so deadly that it's going to do anything more than ever wipe out five percent of the population, maybe ten at the most extreme. So I think that all this, you're taking. But what about the bubonic plague? The you know Black Death. You know. Well, yeah, but that was also in a in a scenario before we had any understanding of bacterial infections. You know, that was a that was a disease spread by fleas on rats because people were living in the the absolutely, you know, completely unsanitary conditions and had no idea about an antibiotics. Okay. You see what I'm saying? All right. All right so I, get, all right, I, I, I think in the, in the in the you're you, saying because of the advancements in metal te med medical technology that you can't get anything that's going to have higher than a 5% kill rate. I think just the the nature of humanity at this point what we understand about basic sanitation it would be very difficult to get that point. And even that uh, the bubonic plague what did it get to? 40% you know, I mean, that's a in big some number. areas. That's I mean, a big it, number. Well, it is a big number. But it, what I'm saying is that was the worst possible human conditions. You know, you had large groups of people 
packed into small areas, which historically hadn't happened before. But you were also in the time period before we had things like indoor plumbing and sanitation and, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was a period in history when that could have happened. So, I, I again, I, and I'm just going back to, to generalities here, but I don't think we could have that scenario where a, a virus wipes out humanity or even significantly um you know um reduces the population i, I think 10 percent is probably the most extreme that we would ever see any type of global pandemic which look 10 percent is, is a huge, huge number though. yeah yeah you're you're talking about you know 800 million people yeah that's a lot of people you know that's that's two and a half times the u.s population yeah but on a global scale and as far as a, a species scale it's a setback you know yeah yeah so um but so anyway i kind of got off on a tangent there but uh, the bottom line is i get your point but i think this is much ado about nothing really okay. everybody talking about the chemical plants and again it, the only reason it came up is russia is is just desperate at this point for to generate uh, justifications primarily in the mind of their own population. That's true. You know. No, no. I, 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 here's the thing. I don't even necessarily disagree with that. And I don't trust the Russian government any more than I trust the American government. Right. But the problem is, is that I don't trust the American government any more than I trust the well, Russian and, government. And that's the thing. There was enough truth in what the Russians were saying. Just a little bit of truth, but not, not the whole truth. To put the... U.S. government on a slightly defensive position, which makes them look bad. Well, and then they, yeah. I felt like they protest too much. Like they went, like they went, and they would answer questions that weren't being asked in order to try to deny it. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, it was I know. one of those things where, I know. And, and, I, and I really come down to this point, though, and this is the one point, I want to reiterate this point. If you were that concerned about the Russians getting whatever you have in there, which they've admitted to, right? then why in the fuck have you not gotten rid of that stuff before they got there? You had time, and if you didn't do something to get rid of it or destroy it or do whatever, then that's a problem. Well, some of it, how do you get rid of? Like, like we talked about, some of it, there's no way to get rid of. Yeah. You know, it just, you have to contain it. Yeah. You know, uh, same thing with uh, like uh, nuclear waste. I mean, look what's going on with Chernobyl right now. Yeah. You know, those fuel rods are still need to be cooled, even though they melted down, you know, 30, 40 years ago. They still need to be cooled. And, you know, you got power cut off to that plant. I think they got power reconnected now, but the Russians are just like, you know, it, it, it's as if the Russians are just kind of throwing axes into the air and, you know, seeing if it's going to smack yeah, you in see the if head it's going to come down and, and you know, hit, hit them in the head or hit somebody else in the head. It's like oh, they're very indiscriminate in what they're doing. over Oh, there. they're totally Look, the Russians are bad guys in this situation. Make yeah. no mistake about it. I don't want to. Well, they also come across as stupid. Uh, you a know? little bit, a yeah. little bit, a little bit. It's like <laughs> that convoy <laughs> that they've had uh, from uh, essentially from almost from the Belarusian border to, uh, you know, 10 miles outside Kiev. Um yeah, that thing sat there for two weeks like a sitting friggin' duck. Oh, yeah, because it was stuck in the fucking mud. Right, right. Well, no, they were on the road. They weren't even in the mud. But the point is, is that any nation that knows how to conduct any type of warfare whatsoever would know that that is probably the worst case scenario that you can have from a force perception standpoint. Yeah, you know your entire convoy packed really close together on a road, not moving. Yeah, like, and it's only by the the fact that the, you know, the Ukrainians did not have enough assets to totally destroy that convoy. Now they have to, they have done some da they they've have, done some damage to it. But I, I will say this too, though, and this is going to sound a little weird to say this way. I fear the Russians a hell of a lot less now. Because of the way that they did it through Ukraine. Oh, I haven't feared the Russians since the fall of the Soviet like Union. They, as a fighting force. They're not no. good as a fighting no. force. No. No. You know what I mean? Like we we will like we conventional Russia, warfare, conventional we will wipe warfare, the fucking map with Russia it. versus NATO would just be an embarrassing loss for the Russians. Yeah. And I think that's one of the other things right now that the the world is seeing is how what a paper tiger this uh, you know, Russian uh, military is. Yeah. You know. Uh, up against any conventional uh, I, I'm honestly surprised that even though the Ukrainians have, you know, killed, uh, well, according to their numbers, like 12, 15,000 troops, yeah. destroyed 100 tanks, downed, you know, 100 aircraft, well, between um, 
aircraft and helicopters, you know, mm-hmm. destroyed. And they're saying they destroyed like 1,200 armored personnel vehicles. Um, you know, <laughs> that based on the force that the Ukrainians have, which was not an insignificant force, but still is uh, is very impressive. But it wasn't it, here's the thing. It wasn't on. The, it, it, we didn't think it was on the level of the Soviet or of the Russia. Right. But it is. Right. Which is saying something about how bad Russia is. Well, yeah, and a defensive force is is it's always a lot easier to defend than to attack. Well, you no, know, no, but that's still. true. But, but the, just the you, we really, I, it, I did, I thought that the Russians would be able to, you know, get it handled pretty quickly, and they they suck. Well, you know, I I thought it would be a, a, a grind once they got into the cities, which it's turning out to be. Yeah. Um. You know, but they're now they're taking the approach. Well, we'll just sit back and shell. You know, mm-hmm. so, but uh, and yeah. indiscriminately shell, by the way. Yeah, like they're not, they're not, they're not being uh, tactical about it. But here's here's the reason that I say that our our threat or our you know our hope uh, for a, a global thermonuclear war um, is is just staying at about twelve percent is because the Russians um, already, and this has to be coming from Putin have started to scale back their demands for uh, a ceasefire yeah okay so the fact that they're now saying well if if ukraine uh you know recognizes the donbass areas russia you know if they essentially if they give us the donbass yeah. and, and, and and officially recognize crimea uh, officially recognize that crimea is russia and probably give them a little you know a, pa- a connection between the two so it's contiguous land yeah um <clears throat> and they agree not to join nato or the uh, EU, uh, then I, I think that this war is pretty much over. So, and I, that's about the only way Putin can survive if he can survive. Yeah, you know. And I think that we need to give Putin an out. Yes, because if we don't give Putin an out, uh, the nukes will fly. But it's looking more and more like Putin's going to have an out. Yeah, you know. Um, in <clears throat> unless he, uh, you know, keeps uh, keeps pushing ahead and his people uh, come out against him, you know. I, that's what one of the things that I don't know enough about is the inner workings of the Kremlin is to know whether uh, anyone could depose him, you know, effectively. not without violence. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, if if you got like his entire cabinet, for example, just decided to, you know, say no, nope, we're we're taking you down. Well, then maybe. he'd probably kill that entire cabinet. Well, how would he? I mean, it's if they could get his his like you know his personal protection. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Once you like put the man in cuffs and and put him in a cage, you know, or kill him, it, then it's just it's it's a done deal at that point. Yeah. So effectively, all they have to do is that, and it it always you know it, it's always amazing when you think how precarious power really is. You know, it, it it truly is how precarious that is because if you think about it, all it takes is a handful of people at the top to decide no you're not the guy now you're the guy or i'm the guy you know and that's what's happened in russia historically well that's, yeah but if you, you know, hey look if you're going to go after the king you better not miss though well yeah that's true that's absolutely true so um, now let's get into some of these stories here hmm. all right so the first one is the one up top let's start with the one up top and you put here you go neocons <laughs> right <laughs> which i did like this one by the way yeah so there are americans that are now going to ukraine to fight in ukraine right for the Ukraine army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a fair amount of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a fair amount of them. Now, these are the neocons that I actually have a limited amount of respect for. Well, if why, you're willing why, to put your money where your mouth yeah, is. Yeah, I, I got total respect for these guys. Yeah. You know. Then that's awesome. You know, good for you. Now, a lot of them are just guys that just like being in combat. You know. There, I'm there's, sure there's some of there, that. There's some of those. Yeah. And maybe there's ones that, you know, like like, like really, really hate the the, Ru- the Russians or, you know, really, you know, uh, want to defend, uh, you know, like Ukraine or so, I, I don't know what you want to look at it. Right. But well, I, I certainly see, you know, people who have some type of significant, uh, significant, you know, family attachment in Ukraine or something like that, you know. Yeah. So you can see that a little bit more. But I, I think there's some, you know, there's just mercenaries out there looking for a war to fight in. Yeah. You know? So now there's this website. Kind of appealing a, to me, honestly. There's this website said volunteerforukraine.org. I love that it's a .org, by the way. Um, it says who we are. We are a grassroots organization made up of volunteers. We believe in serving and supporting the Ukrainian people and victims of the war in Ukraine through direct humanitarian action. We work 
to unite and organize other volunteers and partner organizations who are traveling to Ukraine in neighborhood neighboring countries to provide assistance. So I, I like I do find it fucking funny and that, you know, like they got these it's almost like a it's like a it's like a sign up genius for fighting in Ukraine. Right. Yeah. And actually, they're they're getting together, uh, you know, like funding to uh, get people to travel there and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> the thought crossed my mind. Yeah. You know. Really? <laughs> yeah. You want to defend Ukraine? Not seriously. No, but oh, okay. not. No, I just out of boredom. Yeah. You know. Just sheer boredom. huh? Yeah. It, it'd be nice to kill someone. Oh, you know, okay. I, I wouldn't mind shooting some Russians, and if, if I get shot in the process, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> this is a good run. Yeah, right. You know, this is a good uh, run. Good way to go out. You know, <laughs> but, to die in Ukraine fighting the Russians. Yeah, might as well. You okay, know, that better than you know. I wish Lindsey Graham and Rubio would sign up. Dying in a wheelchair or dementia. You know. So, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, I I would like to see all the big talkers out there. You know, yeah, that, that would be great. Get in there, Tom Cotton. Right, yeah. You know, Dan well, Crenshaw, to see if you might lose another hey, eye. Hey, as anarchists, that's pretty much what we're proposing. You know, fight your own fights. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that's really the underlying um, concept of, you know, uh, anarchy is that you just don't get anyone to fight your fights for you, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't uh, expect anyone to, to force anything on anyone else. Yeah. You know, so... So, yeah, I, I think that would be great uh, for all these uh, neocons out there to uh, go, uh, you know, hey. mm-hmm. go even, handle it. Even, even if they're just out there, you know, uh, you know, uh, slugging supplies out to the, the front lines, even if they're not actually in the in the shit, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Now, also going on in Russia right now is there is a lot of there's protesting going on in Russia that's protesting this war. Right. A lot of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so last Sunday, more than 4,500 protesters were arrested in anti-war demonstrations across Russia. Yeah, they're really cracking down on it now. But uh, apparently, um, you know, at this point, tens of thousands of people have been uh, arrested for uh, for protesting in Russia. And keep in mind that the consequences of doing that could mean like you know, 15 years in jail up to 15 years in prison. Yeah, in a Russian prison, not you know, not your county jail here in the U.S. This is this is hardcore. Um, so yeah, it it is really amazing, and uh, you know, of course the uh, it's amazing how quickly Russia has gone back to the old Soviet Union because for all intents and purposes, Russia is now back squarely in uh, the Soviet social setting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all uh, non-state-sponsored media has been outlawed. Uh, in fact, uh, one uh, TV station uh, just shut down. It was the last independent non-state-owned TV station in Russia has shut down. And uh, at the end of the broadcast, um, they they essentially showed everyone um, you know, packing up and leaving the building and, and signing off. And then they played Swan Lake, the ballet Swan Lake. Why? There's an interesting history to that, and in uh, in uh, basically in Soviet history, when shit was happening and the government needed time to figure out what they're going to tell the people and what they're going to do, they would have the TV stations all put on the ballet Swan Lake. So, like the first time that happened was when Leonid Brezhnev died. Okay. Yeah. And in Russia, in the Soviet Union at that time, there wasn't like elections or anything like that. It's just like, you know, kind of like <laughs> they, they needed to figure out who was going to replace them. So there was like this internal struggle of a bunch of strongmen, like, I'm going to be the premier. No, yeah. I'm going to be the premier. And while that was happening, they played Swan Lake. So you turned on any TV in Russia during that time, and Swan Lake, the ballet, was playing. Um, same thing happened when Yuri Andropov died, and there was a you know a, a fight over who was going to be the next premier. Same thing happened in 1991 when uh, Mikhail Gorbachev uh, had the coup, where the generals tried to take over, and then um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the, uh, the Gorbachev. Uh, well, Gorbachev it was one that got thrown, but what, uh, uh, Boris Yeltsin um, ended up taking over. But they, they they played Swan Lake on TV, so. Um, basically, when Russians see Swan Lake is playing on TV, it basically in their collective consciousness, it's like, oh, shit's going down. Yeah. So I thought it was great 
when you know this this TV station signed off, they played Swan Lake, you know, because it was a symbol to to the Russians that you know shit's going down, shit's going bad. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of an interesting uh, dynamic there in the uh, you know in the old Soviet Union specifically, but now in the modern Russian that's gone back to it that Swan Lake uh, on TV is a, a an ominous sign again. Well, and that's actually caused so angry over invasion of Ukraine and fearing crackdown. Russians Russians trying to move abroad crowd into few remaining trains and planes. Yeah. So thousands of Russians streamed out of train stations and airport terminals in Europe this week, leaving behind a home country that is increasingly isolated from the rest of the world and a government that is moving to stamp out dissent. Many did not book a return ticket. Some expressed fury with Russia's uh, President Vladimir Putin for the invasion of Ukraine. Others said they were ashamed. Several were afraid to talk, which I can't blame them for any of what they're saying right there. Yeah. But it's funny that you're getting people that are like, so refugees are leaving Ukraine. And leaving Russia. Now, here's what I want to know. I want to know if the Russian versions of, oh, I don't know, Rosie O'Donnell and uh, 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 Alec Baldwin and all those guys, if they actually left the country. You know, all those people that said they were going to leave the country if Trump got elected or they didn't get their way politically yeah. and never did. You know, you got to at least give the Russians credit for that because, you know, their shit's hitting the fan and they don't like the guy in power. They're actually leaving the country. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> None of the Americans did that. I actually I take that back. My niece did that. My niece, who was, uh, you know, a hardcore anti-Trump, uh, you know, said she was going to leave the country if uh, if he got elected. Yeah, she's been living in Ireland since uh, 2016. Ireland? Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> she left the country. Fucking she's a. an expat, man. So, uh, you know, the, even though she's, uh, you know, I, I love the kid. I but, mean, was she planning on doing it anyway, or did that really, did, was that No, really that was the impetus, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> so now she lives in Ireland. So, but, uh, yeah, but the point is, is the fact that, you know, these guys actually, you know, they see the writing on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. They they realize that now is the time to get out because they may not be able to soon. Yeah, that iron curtain may come down again. Yeah. Now, the White House in an effort of their own uh, disinformation strategy, they're calling the inflation that were or the the gas price that we're doing like the the Putin price hike. Like it wasn't going up before Putin. Look, these these fuckers need to really knock it off with the hashtags because they're not very good at it. No, they suck. I mean, build back better. <laughs> Really, I still have no idea what that fucking means. <laughs> you know? well, but nobody, does, nobody else does either. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, when some eighty-year-old fucking geriatric fool is uh, saying it to you, then what do you, you know, what are you going right. to say? That's why I didn't pass. Yeah, but Putin's price hike—that's not flying. Yeah. Oh, they're they're. I mean, they're full court in it though. Like they're doing everything they can to blame everything except for. I mean, don't get me wrong. Does the war cause a spike in prices? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no getting around that. Yeah. One. And that's obvious from the charts. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's like from since 20 or from 2020, the chart's been going up. <laughs> right. And then it spikes a little bit more than that. But you're going to blame that last part on the whole, you know, the right. You know, you're, you're going to ignore the whole thing. Yeah. And here's another thing that I, I look. How can this administration in one sentence say that they're not doing anything to stop uh, oil and gas production and just six months ago they were saying that we need to eliminate gas and oil and, and you know quit producing it and move to more renewable energies like they're saying that they're doing things to stop it and then when the price is reflected because they haven't done things to encourage it how in the hell are you going to get away with saying that you didn't have nothing to do with it right right well honestly all the, these price, price hikes are all speculation at this point um, there's uh, we don't have a supply problem really in gas. So what you're seeing here is a you're seeing the inherent inflation caused by the fact that over the past uh, well ten years uh, we've done dumped trillions and trillions and trillions of non-existent dollars into the monetary supply, uh -huh. which is really the root cause of all the inflations. Uh, we we stroked a, a you know several checks to. Uh, the American people for, you know, on average, like three grand per person mm -hmm. over the course of a few years. So these are basically the, the that's these chickens coming home to roost for the most part. So uh, trying to deflect all these, you know, the fact that, uh, well, the fact that essentially the world looks like chapter one of the Cassandra trigger right now, um, you know, is uh, is really it's it's a red herring. 
and it's not going to work. Nobody's nobody's buying Putin's price hike at this point. Even though the most recent, um, you know, little spike that we're seeing, especially in gas prices, um, you know, is because of the the sanctions and the you know the the, the war in Ukraine and everything. But it's mainly due to the speculation of that, uh, because the the supply hasn't been affected yet. Yeah, but part of that speculation is that you have a current administration that is going to do everything it can to not increase the production because they don't want to. Well, no, that's that's not necessarily true, um, it, because like the. <clears throat> Again, it, it seems that way, but they are trying to find ways to increase productions. Like all the current, <clears throat> there's there's nothing that would prevent uh, anyone who currently has land leases, um, you know, for for drilling on, uh, you know. Yeah, but they've upped the regulations. They made it harder to get the permits. No, they like haven't. You, the lease. This is yes, they have. No, they haven't. They said they did. Well, they've done it before. But not in response to this. Oh, no, no, no. Of course not. Yeah, but they did it before, though. Oh, right. Yeah. Look, that's like not taking care of the forest. And then when the when the fire catches, you're like, well, you know, we didn't do anything to make the fire worse before now, but you did before. Well, most of the time when they try to take care of the forest to prevent fire forest fires, they make it worse. <laughs> you know. So anyway, but the, the point is, is that there is even with the amount of oil that we won't be getting from Russian, it, it's it's going to be relatively easy to offset. Here it is. Yeah. But globally, it's not, though. Well, no, even globally, it will be. Uh, uh, it, it, it's not the oil. Where The problem is is natural gas. Well, yeah. That's the problem. And that's only a European problem because we, you know, we're not getting really any natural gas. From well, we don't need to. We have so much of our own. It doesn't right. really matter. Yeah, exactly. And the same with oil. I mean, it, look, it, for the medium term, medium term uh, we're not going to have any real problem with Well, there's this. not going to be any gas lines. Well, hold on. Well, there might There's be. There's already gas lines yeah, now. There might but be. now the gas lines are just a price-driven I mean, thing, not a supply-driven thing. I paid over 100 bucks to fill my tank uh, this week. So Damn. Yeah. Um, uh, my smart car's looking smarter by the day, by the way. Yeah, it really is. It really is. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, I, I think we're, it's probably not long, but, which is actually a good thing, uh, before we start seeing uh, hydrogen conversion kits all over the market, <laughs> just like in uh, the Cassandra trigger, you know, so that you add uh, a hydrogen uh, converter uh, to your, your car to increase your uh, gas mileage. There you go. Yeah. So, um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a proud papa with all your with all the stories coming true, huh? Not really. It's just you know it's pretty easy to predict, really. <laughs> I mean the the fact that uh, you know nobody else saw this coming is just mind boggling to me. Yeah, you know. But eh, any luck at all, we'll have World War Three here pretty soon, and you know it'll all be done. Now you know who I feel bad for at this point, who's actually in the middle of a situation that he really had no business like being hurt in, and that is um, Mark Van High. I do not know who that is. Mark Van Hy is a American astronaut that is at the International Space Station. Oh, yeah, who yeah. Who they yeah. have threatened now to leave there by himself. Musk will go get him. I hope so. Hey, well, yeah, that's not... I actually hope that the Russians leave him there and that Musk has to go up there and get him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that... How awesome would that be if that's the way it went down? It's not going to be hard. It's not going to be hard. They they really. Well, I didn't say it was going to be hard. I'm just saying it would be awesome that Musk had to go up there and. You do know it, the though. the bigger factor is the the fact that we you know the U S NASA, um, you know essentially ended the space shuttle program without having any uh, replacement for it. You know, yeah. it's like oh yeah we'll rely on the Russians. Yeah, that's a brilliant fucking idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for the past, but yeah, Musk will go get him. I'm not worried. about Let me that just guy. read this part here. So for the past 24 years, the U.S. and Russia have worked together to construct and maintain the International Space Station, where research has led to some of the most important discoveries of the 21st century. Now, 227 miles below the unrivaled laboratory, Russia has waged a war in Ukraine that's pitted the country against the U.S. and its allies, leaving the future of the ISS in question. When you're in space and you're flying around the Earth at 17,500 miles an hour in a very hazardous environment, cooperation is the most important thing. Um, the ISS is divided into two sections. Um, and basically, they're talking about how they're going to leave this fucking guy. They're threatening to leave this guy there. Right. You know, if, if uh, you know, again, I don't even know what the... I, well, here's, here's, here's the Russians' rationale for it is um, the Russians have said that they accuse the U.S. astronaut of developing biological weapons 
in space. Oh, my God. So that's what they're going to leave him behind. But the American defense was, hey, man, it was just the day after taco night. (laughs) (laughs) You motherfucker. Yeah, you know, that's... uh, it, this is all just, just so knew, stupid. I just knew you were going to do it. Just all so stupid. You just knew you were going to do it, by the way. I yeah. just knew it. I knew can it. we just push the big one? Can we, can we just get this all over with? All right. Start fresh. So you know. let me, let me overall, let me wrap. How much time we got left? Uh, we got 10 minutes. Okay. Then we definitely have enough time. I shouldn't okay. even ask because I realized, I should have realized it. I wrote at the top of this that we are getting what we fucking deserve in the top of the show notes today. And I want to explain, and, and after talking about everything we just talked about, I want to explain why I wrote that up there. Okay. And the reason why I wrote that up there is we have continued to trust and believe in government. Speak for yourself. And Well, no, no, no. <laughs> but collectively, as a, as, a, as a country, we've, you know, we've allowed this to happen. Right. We've elected not the smartest among us but some of the most arrogant and power-hungry among us. Right. And have allowed ourselves to devolve into stupid fucking back-and-forth issues while these political leaders have used this stuff against us and we've allowed it to happen. And that's why I'm saying at this point, we're getting exactly what we fucking deserve. And if you want to, like, let me put it to you like this. Again, I don't trust Trump. I don't trust Biden. I don't trust yeah. any of them. There's no red or blue in the statement yeah, you're making. There's no yeah, yeah. There's no red or blue in any of this. Yeah. There is no political side or anything like that. No. It, it is all of you, not all of you, and, mo- and probably most people listening to this would actually are in agreement with me, so I'm not really, not really referring to you. But overall... Hey, did you vote? Well... Did, did, did you vote? And I'm talking to you listeners yeah, yeah, out yeah. there? Yeah, then I blame you. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, Adrian does, but I don't. But it, if they voted for the Libertarian, then I guess it doesn't matter. Even if they voted, huh? Just then you wasted fact. your vote. Okay. Yeah. Then you wasted Especially your vote. because it was the most important election of all time. Great. Doesn't matter which election, whichever one you voted in, it was the that most was important. That was the most important ever. one? Yeah. Yeah, right. But higher gas prices, you fucking deserve it. This fucking, everybody having to wear a goddamn mask and have to wear a mask when you're flying around this fucking country, you fucking deserve it. You fucking deserve all of it. And the reason you fucking deserve all of it is because you've allowed it to fucking happen. And we need to collectively, as individuals, just say no to all of it. And just stop. Just stop every fucking bit of it. Don't fucking comply anymore. Don't fucking be a part of this. Just tell them to fuck off. And the reason you tell them to fuck off is it's the only way they're going to stop. Like specifically, what what would you what would you suggest as an actual action item that people can do? Okay, so one action item: don't fly anymore. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, just don't fly. Just yeah. don't fucking fly. I don't. don't go there. Yeah. If a place if a place is requiring that you wear a mask, don't go. Uh, well, we don't have that in Florida anymore, so. There's certain parts that you will have it. I haven't seen. And here's the thing. There's, anywhere in And months. I talked about it last yeah. night. There's one kind of place that you go to that I'm not, I don't necessarily have a problem with wearing a mask, and that's going to the doctor's office. Right. The reason why is because people are there's there. There's sick people there. Yeah, because there's sick people there. <laughs> right. And so the mask, even though it wouldn't necessarily automatically protect you all the way, it will help right. on both sides of the equation. Sure, it will. Okay, Fauci. But other than that, <laughs> just fucking ignore it altogether. Now, right. the other thing, the other thing that you can do is, is that in any situation that you cannot comply in, don't. Just don't. Right. Now, look, I'm not telling you to get arrested or to make a state. I'm not telling you to go that far. But what I am saying is, is the places that you know you can't, that you have to do something or they're going to arrest you, then just don't go to those places anymore. Right. Like, just don't go there. Because there's no choice in that matter. Like, if, if, they, if you can shut them down, and again, it doesn't take very much to shut some of these things down. Like flying, for instance. Right. If they lose 15% at this point, like, they're such a weakened state that if they lose 15% of the flyers and 15% less people start flying, airlines are closing down. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They, they managed to survive through uh, COVID when they were virtually. Yeah, because they got bailed when, out. Yeah, pretty much. That's why, because they got bailed out. Yeah. We need to just stop bailing them out. I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. There's no, the government's going to do that. You're still going to have to deal with that stuff because, they, again, they're all bought and paid for. But just stop complying to all of it, man, because it's all... Here's the thing. One, it's all bullshit. Two, th- look, 
I'm not saying, again, that the coronavirus doesn't have some ability to kill people. Right. Obviously, it does. Yeah. But it's also come out this week that there are thousands of fucking side effects that this thing has had. Now, the percentages, if you compare it to the number of people that have gotten the shot, is also very, very low. But you've got to realize that they're lying to you. Hang on, I do want to go in, in into that real quick, and we only got about five minutes left. But I do want to say that I want to. I think you should take it a step further than Alex is talking about not flying. It don't not fly, but buy yourself your own airplane. Don't register it with the FAA. Fly it wherever the fuck you want to, and make them send fighter jets to shoot you down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's really what it would take. I, I, think about it. Go buy a plane. Don't register it. Don't register a flight plane. Decide where you're going to fly, land it wherever the fuck you want, and what are they going to do? Seriously, what are they going to do? Are they going to send F-16s to shoot you down? Maybe eventually, but good luck with that. (laughs) Well, when you land, they're going to arrest you. Really? Yeah. Yeah? How how are they going to know? How are they going to know where you're landing? You're landing in a fucking field somewhere? You know? Uh, where you private runway they're gonna have cops sitting there waiting because they know because those guys in the in the towers are like oh we have a bogey on the below scramble the police you, no it doesn't work like that you know what i'm saying so just take it a step further and disobey you know don't just inconvenience yourself find a way around it that's like a fuck you to them yeah you know that's okay, that's you. the way to do it but the one thing i want to talk about real quick in the last couple minutes we have is this week florida uh, basically said that they do not recommend vaccines for kids for COVID, okay? And they put out a lot of compelling evidence, uh, you know, basically the the uh, risk versus reward. You know, I, I thought it was actually a, a pretty solid argument that at best there doesn't appear to be any net benefit of vaccinating uh, kids under 18, okay? All right. Um, I can't tell you how out of their mind so many in the medical profession are going over this. I heard, and of course it was on NPR, which they're just, they're framing this in such a way where how insane, absolutely crazy this is. And one of the things that the state has pointed to is the fact that, uh, you know, a significant number of young people are developing uh, myocarditis, uh, which is inflammation of the heart. Um, within days of receiving the vaccine. And it's it's a relatively common side effect. I mean, it's still rare, but as far as side effects go, it's it's significant. It's yeah. not like, you know, exceptionally rare uh, to the point where they've started to do a lot of studies on this and they've made the connection. And so that was one of the things that they said, look, what we're finding, the state said, what we're finding is the, the vaccines are not all that effective in kids. Um, at, at best, it might it might reduce the symptoms, uh, but we really you know can't say that. It doesn't seem to be a very good prophylactic. It doesn't seem to be effectual for a very long time. And there's these side effects. So all things being equal, we say you know you probably shouldn't vaccinate your kids. Now, I literally heard a pediatrician out of Miami almost screaming that this was such an outright fabrication. It was such an outright lie from uh you know DeSantis and the Florida state government and the reason that she gave okay the reason that she gave that it was a law is because she said all of those uh kids who developed myocarditis as a result of the vaccine recovered none of them died from it okay however uh, it appears that uh, 18% of them were admitted to intensive care, but there were no deaths. So the fact that um, the the it didn't kill you, the fact that it didn't kill you, okay, was meant that the state was lying that this is a side effect of of the vaccine, which it clearly is. And there there's all kinds of studies um, of the uh, and they studied 139 teens and young adults, ranging from 12 to 20, who this happened to, uh, and yeah. 18% of them uh, were had to be hospitalized and left in intensive care. Um, so, But what they say is, here's the line that they're using. These data suggest that most cases of suspected COVID-19 vaccine-related myocarditis in people younger than 21 are mild and resolve quickly. Okay. Now, when you take that exact argument... That's exactly the thing that we're arguing that COVID does to young people. Yes. So 
it's like, why, why are we here? Why are we having this conversation? And how is pointing out that some people have a side effect that is dangerous, maybe not deadly, but dangerous, um, that somehow is an outright lie. And that's what the, the doctors are saying on this. It's just crazy to me. But Some of the doctors. The, the, well, it seems like there's a, uh, there, a whole lot of well, uh, no, no, agreement no. in that. Hold on. With the people that they choose to give voice to. Well, that's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, just like in, uh, in Soviet Russia, <laughs> only the people who have the right political views get a voice. And that's kind of how we are in the U.S. We're but getting there quickly. We got a lot more to talk about in the second hour. If you'd like to hear it, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber, and we'll see you on the other side.